Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Hi there, this is Megan Mitchell with Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep. And I'm here today to give you another social work shorts. And these are just quick refreshers on topics that may be confusing or hard to remember that I hope will help you in your studying journey for the ASWB exam. And today we're just gonna jump right into it. We are working on some research terms. And if you are anything like me, research is an area that I dread um, and it is not my favorite, but it's important that we learn these terms because we will see some on the exam. So we have today, we're going to go over the differences of reliability versus validity. And I'm gonna break it down giving some examples because they can be really tricky to remember. Um, so what I like to say for this session is if you need to review it a couple times, that's okay. For a lot of people, research is very, very tricky and it takes us a few times to digest this information. So let's jump right in. So let's start with validity. What is it? Validity simply is how accurate a measure is. Um, does it measure what it is supposed to measure? Um, the example we have here for validity is a, any sort of standardized IQ test. Um, you, IQ tests are meant to measure intelligence and they are valid because they do measure intelligence. Um, and that would be an example of a test that has high validity. If we asked people their shoe size and tried to correlate IQ to shoe size, that would not be valid. It is not measuring what it's supposed to do. Shoe size is not a, uh, accurate. It's not a measure that we would use to determine your intelligence. So good, valid test would be standardized IQ test. Bad, uh, not valid test, um, shoe size in regards to IQ test. So we're gonna cover three terms that go along with validity. We are going to cover construct validity, content validity, and face validity. And these can be tricky. If your head's already spinning, that's okay. Um, you're gonna have the ability to break this down and try and remember some of these terms when you go to test on test day. So first we have construct validity. And what construct validity is, is it, the definition is, does the test measure the correct construct it is supposed to? And what construct means here is a characteristic, a trait, um, ability level that it says it's supposed to. 
um, a lot of times in um, psychology, some characteristics and traits are hard to measure, which is why we need construct validity. So the example I have here is you may be determining if a mindfulness educational program increases emotional maturity in elementary school students. So you have a mindfulness program and you're wondering, does emotional maturity increase for those that get this mindfulness program? If your program does measure emotional maturity, it would have high construct validity. But say it measures aggression levels, that would not have high construct validity because it's not measuring the proper characteristic. The characteristic we want to measure is emotional maturity, so it'll have high construct validity if it does measure emotional maturity. Um, there are many other examples. Another one is happiness um, tests, happiness screeners. You would hope that the test is going to accurately measure happiness. We don't want to give a happiness test and then that actually measures exercise level. That would not have high construct validity. We want to make sure that the test is measuring the correct characteristic we're hoping that it measures. Then we have content validity and this is a little bit easier to understand. This, the definition of content validity is is the test fully representative of what it aims to measure? And that's a lot of words to mean, does it represent all of the content? Does it test all of the content? So we would not want, a, something would have low content validity if um, we ask someone to take an English test and they were never exposed to any English. That would not have high content validity because it doesn't represent the content that they were given. So I have an example here. It's imagine that you're a Spanish teacher and you're developing an end of the year test. The test should cover all content that was covered throughout the year in your class. That would mean your test would have high content validity if it's measuring everything that you taught. Um, on the other hand, on the flip side, if you include questions that don't relate to Spanish, like if you had math problems on there, or content that you did not have covered throughout the school year, that would have low content validity because it's not an accurate measure of Spanish knowledge. Um, an example I like to give here is, I'm sure this has happened to many of us, um, sometime in our schooling, we took a, you take a test and you walk out of there and you're like, oh my goodness, I knew nothing on that test. The, the professor never covered any of this in class and it was on the test. That would be that it had low content validity. It was testing things that weren't presented. It's testing things that um, were not representative of all the content that you were given. So content validity, I like to think content covered. Um, that's how I remember content validity. Then we have face validity, and what face validity is, is representation um, of a test appearing to measure what it should be measuring. Um, the actual definition is, does the content of the test appear to be suitable to its aims? What does that mean? That means on the face value, like at face value, is this te test measuring what it's supposed to measure? So that's just a lot of words and very confusing um, to mean if I were to give you a test about anger, does it measure anger? Do you think that it measures ang anger? So the example I have here, similarly, is you create a survey to measure anger in students. You ask questions like, how often are you angry? How many fights have you been in recently? On the surface or at face value, that's how I remember face, 
this survey seems like it would be a good representation of anger. So that would be considered to have high face validity. Um, another example of face validity could be, um, say that you ask people coming out of a college exam, do you, so that was a biology test. Do you think that test actually tested your knowledge of biology? And if most people say, yes, I think that was a good representation, that would have high face validity. Um, something that would not have good face validity would be if you saw a survey that had questions that seemed completely out there and not relating to what you're trying to measure. So if you're trying to measure anger and you asked questions like, how many siblings do you have? What do you like to eat for breakfast? So that would not have good face validity. On the surface, that seems very ridiculous. It seems like it's not in line with what you're trying to ask. So face validity is, does the test appear to be um, measuring, testing what it should be measuring? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, if your head is spinning by now, that's okay. These terms are very, very, very complicated. Um, of all the content I've pr produced, this has been the trickiest for me. Research is, is hard to break down. So now we're going to jump into reliability. And reliability is different from validity. It's how consistent a measure is. And the, measure, the memory trick you wanna do here is you wanna remember consistent, consistent, consistent. That will correlate to reliability. For example, if you take the ACT, SAT, any standardized test five times without changing anything, you should get the same score on the exam each time, roughly, give or take a little bit. This would be a reliable measure, which means every time you take it, if you're getting similar results, that would be reliable. Another example would be um, if I weighed myself five times in one day, weight is something that should not fluctuate incredibly um, over the, the course of you know a few hours. So if I weigh myself five times, I should get roughly the same um, reading on the scale each time. That would mean that it's reliable. Reliability, remember consistency, consistency, consistency. And there's two terms that you're gonna wanna remember with reliability, inter-rater reliability and test-retest reliability. Inter-rater reliability is exactly what it sounds like. It's when multiple people are judging, observing, or rating something. And we want those scores to have some sort of level of agreement. We would not want to have some sort of test where there's different raters and they are all over the place, there's no agreement. That would not be reliable. That would have very low inter-rater reliability. So if everyone that's judging or rating agrees, um, say it's five out of five judges agree, that's gonna have high inter-rater reliability, a score of one or 100%. If everyone disagrees, they have completely way off base scores that would have very low inter-rater reliability or zero. And why we have this is because people, we're human beings, we all have different perspectives, we have different perceptions. So our, 
scores can often be subjective. So we want to um, get interrelator reliability as high as possible so we can minimize that subjectivity. We want um, the, these tests to be at a place where if one rater um, were to reproduce the test, you would get a very similar score. You don't want your results to be all over the place. That's not going to be a very good measure. Um, and it's not going to be a very, very good research tool um, or test to use. So inter-rater reliability would be if judge A, B, and C all had some general level of agreement. And the example here is I like to think of the Olympics. Um, some sports such as figure skating, gymnastics, diving, there are points given um, for how well you execute your, um, your sport, your move, etc. We would expect that when the person goes to perform their trick um, or they're, you know, in gymnastics, they're on the high beam, they're performing, we would expect that each judge is going to give similar scores. That would mean that it has high inter-rater reliability. Um, that's why you sometimes see in these sports where they will throw out outlier scores because that does not have high inter-rater reliability if five judges have a similar score and judge six has a score that's way off. So usually outlier scores are not included, um, but inter-rater reliability, anything where you have to judge, score, observe, and give a value to something would be an example of inter-rater reliability. Then we have test, retest reliability. And this is the agreement between the test based on taking it or doing the trial multiple times. Um, so simply put, it's will the results produce the same outcome when the test is given again? So if I take a test now and then I take it again in five minutes and most of the conditions are the same, I'm in the same room, um, most things are the same. Test retest would be that I would get a similar score five minutes later. Um, so how accurate is the test when given again? If it has high test retest reliability, you should get similar results. If it has low, it would be completely off the next time you take the test. So we are looking for tests that have high test retest reliability scores. An example here would be once again an IQ test. So say you're administering some sort of questionnaire, some sort of test, um, and then you give the test six months later. IQ is generally something that's not going to change um, from time to time over six months. Um, if the results were way different, if you got a high IQ one day and then a completely low IQ six months later, that would be poor test retest reliability. Um, we want IQ tests, we want something that is kind of set in stone, such as IQ, um, to be consistent. So um, we want tests that have high test retest reliability. Um, we would not want to give a test on a Monday and everyone does horrible on a Monday and you give the same test on a Wednesday and everyone does well. <laughs> we don't want that. We want the same, everyone to do well, whether we give it on a Monday or a Wednesday. So we want high test retest reliability. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky, so just hang with me. Um, a test may be reliable, but not valid. And you're probably, these words are spinning in your head and you're probably like, oh my goodness, what does this mean? Something can be reliable, consistent, but not valid. 
Um, so for example, if your scale is not calibrated correctly, so say it's five pounds over or five pounds under, it's not accurate. However, if I step on that scale, it's gonna be reliable. I'm gonna get the same, the same reading every time. So it's gonna be consistently inaccurate. So that's why something can be reliable but not valid. However, a test cannot be valid unless it's reliable. So remember that it can be reliable but not valid. So I like to think here consistently inaccurate. Um, however, you must, for, in order to be valid, it has to also be reliable. And I'm gonna show a little visual here for those that are visual learners that this might make a little bit more sense. So we have here a bullseye and hopefully this will help some of our visual learners understand what is valid, what is not valid, what is reliable, all of that. So let's look at target A. So target A is good reliability. So the goal here in all of these targets is to get um, hit the bullseye. So pretend that we're playing darts. So target A, um, notice that all of your, your darts are very consistent. They're in the upper left corner, five out of five are in the upper left corner. They would be very reliable because they're very consistent, but they are not close to the bullseye, so they have poor validity. They're not accurate. So remember, this would be an example of it's reliable but not valid. Then we have target B, poor validity, poor reliability. It's not consistent and it's not accurate. This person is not very good at darts. They have um, their darts all over the place. None are even remotely close to that bullseye. So not valid, not accurate, and not consistent. Then we have target C, this is like ideal. You hit the bullseye and you did it consistently. So target C, um, it, has, it is valid because it's accurate. It's right in that bullseye. And then it's also reliable because look at you consistently got it in the bullseye, five out of five times in the bullseye. So hopefully that helps you. I like to, my memory trick is I like to think of valid. The closest thing I can think of is valid is accurate. Reliable is consistent. So hopefully here is, are some examples for you. And what we want to see is target C. We want to hit the bullseye on a consistent basis. So that is all we have today for reliability and validity. Like I said, this is not easy content. So go back, take notes, do whatever you need to, to digest this. It can be tricky. Um, if you liked the, this session, I also have paid study content for seven sessions that you can find on my Gumroad site listed below. And then I also try to put that free content out on YouTube about once a month. Um, if you have any questions at all, you can email me here. Um, I'm also on Facebook and a lot of the social work exam prep groups. Um, feel free to reach out. Feel free to check out some of my study content. I hope this was helpful. And always, always, always remember you got this. Um, this is just a test. You are so much more in control of this test than you think. Um, find what works for you. Um, get into a rhythm and remember you got this. Thank you. Thank you.